Another beautiful Hilga Daf ahead of us. Today's Daf is Daf Mem Zayin, page 47. In the Hilga Meseches Babakama, we are up to Ve'amarava, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines from the top of Mem Zayin, Amar Aleph, right in the middle of the line. Ve'amarava. Okay, Rava's going to give us another statement. And again, what are we dealing with? Fascinating conversations when you have... Specifically now, the Gemara has shifted to a case where a pregnant animal gores, and afterwards the, uh, we, we find that uh, the baby is next to it, and we're not sure what the status is at the time of goring. Was it pregnant or not? And the practical nafkamina is going to be, practical difference is going to be, the, the value of the ox at the time of goring, because you only pay from half value from the body of the ox. So here we go. And Rava says, eight lines from the top. We do not evaluate the cow by itself, and the baby by itself, to figure out how much to, uh, to figure out how much we pay. Rather, we evaluate the value of a pregnant cow, not a cow and the calf, the value of a pregnant cow. Because she'im if you don't say this, nimsa atomachishamaz you're gonna come out that you are causing a loss to the mazik, you're causing a loss to the damager. And we don't want to do that. Now, what the Gemara is saying is, is a very logical thing. And that's like this. If I were to sell you a cow and a calf, would that cost the same as a pregnant cow? No. no. Would not. Which one would be less expensive? A pregnant cow. Right? When it when you uh, bundle package. the package deal, right? A pregnant cow. So let's say that costs a thousand dollars. Even though you know in a few days or a couple of months it's going to be a calf, but right now you don't have the calf. If you have a cow with a calf next, to it, it's going to be be more valuable. So now, whenever you have a pregnant cow that damages the shaila is in general not no longer a suffix when when it gave birth. We want to know. Do you evaluate the cow by itself and the calf by itself to determine how much it pays? Or do you evaluate a pregnant cow? Rava says you evaluate a pregnant cow, which means the victim is, has the lower hand. Because they're only going to be able to take half of the value of a pregnant cow as opposed to half of the value of a cow with a calf separate. The and similarly, the same thing would hold true if somebody cuts off the hand of somebody else's servant. So you need to pay the value, the loss of value of the servant to your friend. You cause them a financial loss, okay? Now, do you pay for the value of the hand itself? Or do you pay for the difference between a two-handed Eved to a single-handed Eved? And there's a, there's a difference in, in, uh, in value that people are willing to... To, uh, to, to put in that. The same thing will hold true when you damage your friend's field. So quite simply, it'll work like this. If my friend has a field with 24 rows of produce, my animal damages one row of produce. Says Rava, you don't pay for the damage of one row of produce. You know how you pay? You look at a field that has 24 rows and a field that has 23 rows and you pay the difference. 
you're now going to pay for the difference in value. What, what, is, what was the 24 row? What was 23 row? That's not the same as looking at a row individually. Okay? So which means the damager has the upper hand when it comes to how we evaluate <coughs> the actual damage. Amalei Ravacha, Breda Ravala Ravashi. Ravacha, Breda Rava said to Ravashi, one second, V'idinohu, if this is the halacha that you just evaluate differences, L'chosh mazik mishom di Amalei para ma'avarta, azikoscha. He said, he said like this, listen, you're not really being so helpful over here, and I'll tell you why. Because, he says, L'chosh mazik, he says, one second, you want to tell me you pay the difference in a 24-row field to a 23-row field. Who's going to be gaining by us doing that? The damager, right? Because we're not paying for the full value of a specific row. His question is, why? Why are we giving the upper hand to the damager, give the upper hand to the victim, and pay for that row of produce individually? So he says, Mishum to Omar because the... He could say to him, I mean, the, the damager could say, I damaged a pregnant cow, and I'm going to evaluate a, uh, I'll evaluate a pregnant cow as well. Okay, which means even, which means financially. We're just... So what's he answering? What he's answering is, is that it's not, a, it's not a matter of who should have the upper hand. It's a matter of what actually happened. You didn't buy a row of produce. By damaging somebody, you didn't purchase that row. You've caused damage. To what? To a field. So you look at the whole field. His question was, we said the damage was the upper hand. We asked the question, I let the victim have the upper hand. And the answer is, because that's what happened. <laughs> Bottom line is, I damaged your field. So what was your field worth before? What was your field worth afterwards? That's it. You look at the... You look at the, the the, the the fullness of the field. The answer was that we we only we we value the twenty four rows and then we take one one twenty fourth of it. Yeah. Not just take one row and and, and look at what it would sell for in schnooks, right? I don't so, understand that though. Because that's what you damaged. Yes, which means I also put labor into. Uh, Producing those rows, you're okay. getting 124. Okay, but this is damage. Let, let's, let's take the case of the cow, because that's the specific case the Gemara is taking. When I damage your pregnant cow, do I pay for the cow and do I pay for the baby? Or can I say, I damaged the pregnant cow, so that's what I'm paying for. Okay. That's the svara, that's the logic, and that logic is going to be consistent throughout all the laws of damages. You look at what was there at the time of actual damage. Says Gemara, Pshita, it's simple, Paradachad, Uvlad Dechad, that let's say you have the, ox, the, the cow that got damaged belonging to one person, and the baby belonged to somebody else, uh, that Pitma, Lebal Para, so there's a, there's a gain for the owner of the cow in that he was Mefatim, in that he got fatter, it got more valuable, okay, because uh, the, the cow gets heavier. Nifchamai. What about the nifcha? We're going to call it the girth of the cow. Uh, what is the halacha? Do the, the Gemara is asking a new question, which is, if the cow belongs to one person, the baby belongs to somebody else, so you pay whatever it is to the owner of the cow and whatever it is to the owner of the baby, right? Interesting question. What happens, how do you value the girth of the cow? 
because it's that came because of the other guy's calf. Was the calf born or no? Yeah, the calf is born. The calf is born now. But the question is, when you're going to uh, a, a cow after it gives birth is going to be larger, and the question is, that adds value to the cow. So now, if I damage, do I have to pay? the owner of the cow for the full amount or can the owner of the calf come to me, the damager, and say, oh, well, I'm also in the picture here. You say, why? Your, your calf was born. Yeah, but the value of the cow was up because of my, my baby, right? It's, it has extra fats on it. It's got gizonta cow. And that's because I bought, my baby added fat, added fat to the cow. So that percentage of payment should go to me perhaps, Okay. Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, the Balpara, he says it goes to the owner of the cow. Bottom line is, this is cow meat. Yeah, he says, bottom line is, this is cow meat. Rav Acha says, we are going to split it. Now, why are we going to split it? Because it's the cow, but also it was brought about by the calf. So you have to give, uh, you have to give uh, some to the owner of the, of the cow as well, of, of the fetus as well, of the, of the calf. When, when the, Owner of the calf become the owner of the calf. My cow is pregnant, and I sell the baby to you. So you're selling the baby after the baby's born. No, while 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 it's inside, while it's inside, you're looking for for tender meat. Yeah, but but there's no reason why he should share because the calf, the cow was pregnant. Right, by by itself, having not by itself, but having nothing to do with with the calf. Right, the cow was pregnant, but but it the gave cow, birth. The cow was pregnant. Yeah, by because he was impregnated by, by a bull. Correct, which had nothing to do with, with the calf. The calf is enhancing the the, the cow's calf property. Came about. Only because the cow carried that calf. Good question. That carried that calf until good to to turn turn as and it's carrying it, it to and turn, then, and then and then the calf was born. So, and then you and then you sold it to the guy mm-hmm. to the next party. Correct. So everything that happened in this transaction came about because of the cow. And what happened? Nothing to do with the calf. But, but what would happen in the following case? Let me change the story for you a little bit. What would happen if an ox gores a pregnant cow and kills the cow and the baby while it's pregnant? The owner of the ox has to pay the owner of the cow for the value of the cow and the owner of the calf for the value of the calf. We don't know if the calf will be born, still born. No, it's already dead. It was killed. Okay. Yeah, but you don't. Uh, it was but killed. Va- but that no, value... That they weren't. You're going to pay that value that of the calf. It's nominal because... Well, because you don't know if it, if it would be born alive. If it, okay. It was, it was, Fair it was, enough. It was... Uh, Good. But whatever payment that is, you're right. But whatever payment that would be, however they assess it, is going to go to the owner of the calf. It's good. My cow is pregnant with... A calf that I, I sold mean, to you, I, and they I'd get killed. I argue my my thinking in that case also. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you where. 
I'm going to give some clarity and then leave some, something hanging. Okay? We're going to learn in Mirza Shem later in the Masechta a very interesting scenario, which is if you, without my agreement, enhance my property, can I, can you demand payment from me? If you did it without my permission? No. Okay. Logic says no. We're going to learn that it's not so simple. Maybe not so. It's not so simple. Yeah. It's not so simple. I can understand. The logic of the Gemara here is similar to that. Can the owner of the calf look at the owner of the cow and say, my property enhanced your cow, so I'm, I, 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 get, I get something. I get epi something. But, but, my property enhanced the value of, of your property. So it's... No, but that, you owe me something. The calf didn't didn't grow by itself. The calf grew and came about because of the cow. So what? And so what? You sold me the calf. We knew that at the time that you sold me the calf inside the cow, that your that that cow is going to nurture the calf until when, term. When the when the and that's what I paid became, for. When the calf became a reality. Then there was something for him to sell. Before before it became a reality, there was nothing for him to sell. No, Obviously, but you could. It's consi- no, no, it's not futures. It's it's here. Other it's already pregnant. It's a dover below. No, but that's still a future because you don't know if, if he's going to live. You don't know how big a cat. Okay, so you're asking a zaytikashai. You're asking Stam. Can you is is a pregnant is a, a fetus considered a dover shalobalaylum? Okay, the gemara is something that isn't yet in the world. Okay, the Gemara here is assuming it is a davar shabbala ilam, something that's already in the world, and the shaila is going to be a bigger question. When what if I sell a future fetus uh, that mamish doesn't exist now? Right. That's a davar shabbala ilam, and that we'll get into as well as you move along. But but I, I, we gave some clarity. As I just want you to cut, there's a clarity into why the owner of the calf even has an opening to look at the cow and say, "Listen, I helped that." Okay, the hilchas hachokin and the lacha that this Gemara is. We do divide it. Okay. Period. Brand new Mishnah. Here we go. New topic. Here we go. I just want to give an opening remark. Opening remark. I say, hey, everybody come over to my house. What does that mean? Does that mean you have a right to come into my house? But... I'm not accepting responsibility if anything happens to you by coming into my house. Or by me letting you in my house, I'm accepting anything that happens to you. Okay? Practical difference. Um, my uh, two-year-old is spraying bleach in the house. And it gets on your suit. Okay? So... If by me letting you in your house, I'm taking responsibility and anything that happens to you, I got to pay for your suit. If me saying come over is just like, hey, you're welcome to come in, but I'm not taking responsibility if something bad happens over there. So I have no responsibility. You're you're in my house. I mean, you got to protect yourself. Just because I told you to come over doesn't mean I'm shouldering responsibility if if any damage happens to you. So when I tell you, if I give you permission to enter my domain, permission for what? How far does that go? So that's what our mission is going to talk about over here. Says the mission. Hakadar shehichnes kederaisov. If you have a potter that brings his pottery, lechatzar balabayis, 
into a homeowner's domain, shalai birshus, without permission. You have some potter who's peddling his wares. So he goes to, walks up to the front door, walks into somebody's yard, and he's here, and it turns out that the homeowner breaks the guy's pottery. Okay. Vishavra behemtash valabayas, the owner's dog was there, scared the daylights out of the potter, and his pottery broke. The luck is potter. You can't go to the owner of the... Hey, your dog scared me and it broke and you got to pay me for it. Uh, sorry, what are you doing on my property? I never gave permission to be there. I'll get in dog, have a good day. Yeah, I got none to do with you. What happens if the dog comes walking over to the uh, potter and the potter gets petrified? He takes his pottery and whacks the dog on the nose. Yeah, it gives him a patch across the head and the dog gets hurt. The potter has to pay for the damage to the dog. You're in my property. He, he beat him up. He beat up the dog because he was scared. Okay. okay? With the pottery. So, or with anything. It doesn't matter. So you're in my property, hurting my possession. You got to pay. You didn't have permission to be there. But what if there was permission for the potterer to come onto the property? Then the owner of the property is going to be chayev. He's going to be responsible. Okay. Now, the assumption here is, as we're going to... Um, as we're going to see later, Bez Hashem, on today's daf. The assumption here is that by me letting you come into my property, I am saying you could come on with your pottery and I'm accepting responsibility for your stuff too. As long as you're not negligent. Okay, okay. We'll see if negligence changes things. But if, you, if I say come over for lunch and you come over and my kid spritches bleach and bleaches your suit, I would have to pay According to this, I gave by me letting you come, I'm accepting responsibility as well to make sure you're safe. That's okay. because you initiated an invitation. Uh, or, no, I don't even initiate it. What if you ask me if you can come over and I say, yeah, also, I gave permission. That's all it is. It was permission. What happens if somebody brings his Paris into a homeowner's domain without permission? So you bring over your, uh, your uh, you, you got a, uh, what's it called, fresh produce uh, market, delivery, market. Yeah, farmer, and, and you go selling door to door. Yeah. So you bring your fruits and, uh, you know, you put your fruits down, you're knocking on the gate of, of uh, my property and my animal wanders over and starts eating from your fruit. Okay. So, I don't need to pay you for the fruit. I didn't ask you to bring fruit to my property. Let's say the animal was hurt by the fruit, slipped on a banana peel. The one who brought the fruit is responsible. But if he had permission, the owner of the property is going to be responsible. Okay. If somebody brings his ox into somebody else's field, without permission, so your ox comes into my field and damages my stuff. Or my dog bit your ox. Potter, there's no responsibility. But if the ox gores uh, the, the owner of the property's ox, then you're responsible. If you bring your ox without permission into my property and it falls into a pit... I have a hole in my property, okay? And your ox gets damaged. 
Nagach who nafal lebara vehivish meimav. If it falls into my, it gets damaged. And guess what? Let's say it falls into a well, and now the well smells like ox. Chayev, you're responsible for ruining my water. Let's say the homeowner had a family member inside the pit that the ox fell on. The halacha is mishalim es hakayfer. The owner of the ox needs to pay kayfer for killing your ox killed somebody, and you're responsible to pay the extra kayfer payment. But if he had permission, then all the responsibility goes on the goes on the uh, owner of the field. Okay, now he's not going to pay kaifer, right? Uh, but it just means chayev that he, if anything happens to the ox, the homeowner becomes responsible. Rabbi Yaimer Rabbi says, Bekulan, in all these three cases, again, case number one, <clears throat> the pottery. Case number two was the fruit. And case number three, the ox, Kulan in chayev ad kabal alav lishmar. That an owner, a homeowner, is, does not accept responsibility uh, by allowing the guy into the property until he says, I will watch your ox as well. This is a new approach and a new knech, we'll call it, from Rebbe, which means like this. Says Rebbe, until now the conversation was, do you have permission to be there or do you not have permission to be there? That's what's going to determine who's responsible. Says Rebbe, uh-uh. Like we said in our introduction to the Mishnah, it's not even enough that the homeowner gave permission to be there. If I give you permission to be in my property and your animal gets hurt by my property, guess what? I still don't need to pay you. My dog bites, bites your ox, I don't need to pay you. You know why? By me giving you permission does not mean I accepted a responsibility to protect your stuff. You come onto my property, I'm not responsible for you to get damaged. I just let you come. I let you walk through my front door, I let you enter. I did not take shmira. I did not take responsibility on that. That's going to be Rebbe's approach, which means, according to Tanakama, practically speaking, according to Tanakama, I invite you to my property, you come in, and something happens to you or your property, I'm responsible because I gave you permission. According to Rebbe, I'm not responsible. I gave permission to be there, I did not take responsibility if something happens to you. Okay. Fascinating machlaikis, by the way. Says it going like this, time. The reason, <clears throat> the reason in the first case, the guy... Potterer brings pottery with no permission. Shalai Bershos. This guy you borrowed that permission. Hub Bershos, if you have permission to bring his pottery, the potterer is not going to be responsible for hurting the balachatzer. And we don't say, the owner of the pottery accepted responsibility for the balachatzer, whatever the guy who's, the, whoever the owner of the property has um, money. Whose opinion is this, Rebbe? This opinion of Rebbe. The Amar called Bistama like Kibbalei Terusa. If I just give you permission to be there, and I don't specify exactly what permission I'm giving you, I've not accepted responsibility on me. So I'm not going to be responsible. If something happens to you again, you could come. I'm not responsible. But then Ema Seifa, say the end of the ratio of the Mishnah, say the end of the case of the pottery. It says, if let's say the potterer had permission to be there, if the pottery breaks, the owner of the chatzar, the owner of the land, is responsible. That seems to be on the pin of the rabbanon. The amri you say b'stama nami kibulei kabbalah that he accepts a responsibility on himself for guarding it. 
So you have a different, uh, it, uh, that means part of the ratio is going to be the opinion of Rebbe, and part of this ratio is going to be the opinion of the Rabbanon, Vesu, and furthermore, Rebbe Yomer, at the end of the Mishnah, Rebbe said, Rabban. I don't understand. That means like this. According to the way we're explaining, the beginning of the Mishnah is the opinion of Rebbe, then we're transferring over to the opinion of the Rabbanon, and then the Mishnah ends with the opinion of Rebbe. That's kind of strange, right? It's strange to start out with one author, move to another author, and then go back to your original author. Says the Gemara, okay, I, I get it that it's strange, but Amar Rabzeira says, Tavra, you should know, it's, uh, it's, the, the Mishnah is actually a problem, that's what Tavra means, it's kind of like broken, we have a problem here. Misha Shonazu, Lai Shonazu. The, uh, the, whoever said the beginning of the Mishnah did not agree that Rebbe's of the opinion at the end of the Mishnah, which means, yeah, Machlaik is who the first author of the Mishnah is. Rabbama, Rabbah says, really, Kula Rabbanon, the entire Mishnah is, Kula Rabbanon, he, the entire Mishnah is the opinion of the Rabbanon. Ubershus, Shmiraz Kedera, is Kibbalah Balachotzer, Rafilu Nishbarai Beruach. And really, the, what happens is, say, says the Rabbanon, that with permission, when somebody enters somebody else's domain with permission, the owner of the land accepts upon himself to take in the potterer, to take in the owner of the fruits, he's accepting shmira of afilu nishbaruach, even if it breaks in the wind, which means... Any, it breaks in the what? In the wind, which means as, as soon as I grant anybody permission to come onto my property, I'm, I am accepting shmira. I am accepting uh, uh, in full uh, responsibility. Is that okay. And he's saying, <coughs> even no. if the wind blows, even if, he did, even if just the wind blows and you're inside the property, you're, it's your fault. Right, so which means, <laughs> according to this, the homeowner actually is going to walk away with greater responsibility than the visitor. Right. Because the homeowner is like across the board accepting any issues that take place. And the visitor is only responsible if you cause damage right. to, uh, you know, if, if something, if direct damage is caused to the person's uh, animals but it's, or, or property. But it's not like when, when, when I give you permission to come onto my property, you're not accepting the responsibility, complete responsibility if anything happens to my property. But I'm respecting, I'm um, accepting complete responsibility if anything does, uh, does happen to you. Okay. Somebody brings his produce to somebody else's courtyard. Um, where, where do we say that if you bring your fruit to my property and my animal gets hurt, um, you're responsible? That's when my animal slips on your fruit. You had banana peels. You had, uh, you know, wet things. Um, but let's say my animal eats your fruit and gets hurt by that. You bring your fruit, my animal wanders over, moseys over, eats the fruit, and then gets sick, dies. What's the halacha? Putter. What happened? Say it again. What happened? The The Mishnah said, you bring fruit to my property without permission, and my animal gets hurt, you're chayv. I bring fruit to my property without permission. And then what happened? My animal gets hurt. Because of the fruit. Yeah. Like, what, what happened? We don't know yet. All the Mishnah said is, you're chayev for bringing fruit that damaged my animal. So the Gemara here says, what happened? 
Says the Gemara, if my animal slips on the fruit, I could say to you, hey, you're responsible. I gave you no right to bring fruit to my property. But if you bring fruit to my property and my animal eats your fruit and, and gets dogitis from it and dies from it, you're not responsible. Who's not the owner of the fruit who had no permission to be there is not responsible for my dead dog now. Okay? My time of why, says the Gemara, have a law The owner of the fruit could say to the owner of the field, listen, no one asked your animal to eat. Sounds familiar? What it means like this, it's very posh. Eating is a choice. It's a choice. Slipping is not really a choice. I'm going, my, my animal's going around this business. It slipped on your banana peels and you had a right to be there. You're chayev. But if you have fruit, just because my animal decided to go over and eat the fruit, fruit is not dangerous. See, there are certain people, Jackie Mason's the Chayim Lavracha, has a whole shtickle, how you're not allowed to eat anything nowadays because it'll kill you. He says, as he's gone through life, he, coffee, the healthiest thing. Two years later, it'll kill you. Eggs, healthy. Two years later, it'll kill you. Everything. He's like, as I go through life, this is healthy, this is not healthy. This is this, this is not. Right? Food is not dangerous. Inherently. Inherently. Just be smart with it. But to slip on things could be dangerous. Says the Gemara, says Rav, if the homeowner's animal slips, the owner of the fruit is chayev. If the owner of the animal eats too much, the fruit guy could say, listen, Sorry, your animals shouldn't have overate. Amr of Sheshesh says, I disagree with Rav completely. Rav must have said this when he was hopping a dirimel. He must have said this when he was falling asleep. I'll tell you why. Titania, we learned in the If somebody places poisonous fruit in front of his friend's animal, you're put up in the Yodom, which means that poison in front of an animal, uh, because an animal generally is going to pick up on which food is safe and which food is, and which food is not safe. But you can imply that, let's say you put down fruit, which animals usually do eat. Well, let me tell you something. Maybe the guy who brought the fruit should be responsible because it's a normal thing for my animals to eat the fruit. Even the other should be responsible. Why are you responsible in that case? Why only potter by, by poison? And chayev. It seems you're chayev by regular fruit. Why? Say to the, say to the um, uh, owner of the animal, let your animal not eat. So it's a contradiction. On one hand, we're saying, you could say to the owner of the animal, don't eat. On the other hand, we're saying, you can't say, don't eat. Make up your mind. Amri, they explained. Who had the nafilu nami? The truth is, if you put fruit down in front, in front of your friend's animal and it overeats and dies, you're part of the other mechayev So why why did it say poison? Because the added chiddush and poison. Even if there's poison, which an animal generally will pick on, will, will pick up on to not eat. The halacha is you are chayav bedine shemayim. Okay, which, which is a Kiddush. I would say you're even chayav b'dinei adam. Put poison in front of your friend's animal. 
you're off the hook in court. You're only chayav of the Yishraim. You're only you're only a grama. You're only a cause of a damage. I would think that this is a more direct damage. Teret says no. You could still say to the owner of the animal, it shouldn't have eaten. Nobody asked your animal to eat. Why would somebody knowingly put poison in front? I don't know. It's not to do damage. Oh, he's not a nice guy. Ergo, that, or 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 I'm putting my poison down. And I assume that your animal has enough of a, of a smell ability to not eat it. I'm a grama. So bottom line is, I'm a cause. When you cause damage and you didn't directly damage, Bezin doesn't obligate you. What does it mean, poison? It means a type of fruit that's poisonous to animals. Okay, and such an animal, the animal would be uh, expected to eat. And, and that's where we say you're going to be high. But in general, we're going to say, Potter, Meisvei, that's a challenging question. A woman goes into somebody else's house to grind her wheat without permission. Her wheat grinder breaks. Her friend, uh, uh, you know, she, she knows her friend always lets her come over to use the, the wheat grinder when necessary. So she goes over to her friend's house. And the, the the property that she went to, their dog ate all of her wheat. Potter, imhuska. If the animal gets hurt by the wheat that she came over to grind, chayavas, she's responsible. Again, she had no permission to. They never told her she'd come over. But amai, why does she need to pay for the dog? Nema, let her say, have a Your dog shouldn't have eaten the the wheat that I ground. Amri, they said, Is this any greater than our Mishnah, which we explained that the animal uh, got hurt? So maybe over here, says the Gemara, the, the Brisa means the same thing. The Brisa like this, a woman goes to her friend's house to grind wheat. She grinds the wheat and her friend's animal gets hurt by it. She's responsible. Did we say how the animal got hurt? No. So that's the Gemara's answer. We said, oh, see, the animal must have got hurt by overeating. And you see your chayov. So they want to know. Maybe what happened was, you ground wheat in your friend's domain without permission, and you left the wheat on the floor and your friend's animal slipped. Maybe that's the case where you're chayev. But maybe if the animal actually overeats, you wouldn't be responsible. Says the Gemara, Tukarile, Maikarile. Okay, so what was the original question? And he's going to say this. It's understandable when it comes to our Mishnah. Where it says in our Mishnah, if the animal of the, the owner of the field's animal was hurt by the fruit, what, is, what, what does that mean? Hurt by the fruit, you could translate very easily as slipped on the fruit. But in the case of the Brisa, Katani, it says, if the animal got damaged, and it doesn't say specifically how. It doesn't say it was damaged by the food, by eating it. So, it didn't say that it was like the, the fruit did damage to the animals. Maybe Taka means that the animal just ate. wasn't a damaging situation. But the fact that it ate too much caused damage. The Idah Hamarlach, another opinion, uh, will say Leishna. There's no difference about uh, Bahen. Bahen is not going to change the meaning of whether it got hurt by slipping on it or whether it got hurt by overeating. Toshma, come and listen. Somebody brings their ox into somebody else's domain without permission. And the ox eats wheat. And it got stomach problems. And it died. Potter. The owner of the field is Potter. 
So I gave you permission to come onto my field with your ox. Your ox ate my fruit, my, my wheat, and, and, got, and, and died. Okay? So I'm potter. But if the ox was there with permission, and, and it eats my wheat and dies from it, the owner of the field is going to be chayev. Why do I need to pay for your ox? Why can't I say to your ox the same logic that it just shouldn't have eaten? You want to ask a question in case of Rishos for permission without permission? Yeah, that's not a contradiction. I'll tell you why. Birshos, when the owner of the ox brought, came to the field with permission, the owner of the field accepts upon himself to protect the ox. When I give you permission to come out to my field, what I'm saying is, According to the Rabbanon, at least, not according to Rebbe, as we saw in the Mishnah. But according to the Rabbanon, not only am I giving you permission to come on, I'm giving you permission, I'm accepting Shmira on your axe. Which means, even if the, uh, even if the animal uh, get chokes on the food, I'm here to, I'm here to protect you. Okay? Um, the food that is loose on the ground in the, in the backyard. Correct. I'm going to make sure, by me letting you come on with your ox, I am stating any damage that comes about through my property, I'll take a chrysa. Yeah, anything that he's able to get, get to. Correct. But when there was no rishos, what, what changed over there? I'll tell you, I just never accepted shmira. So a, what the way the Gemara is explaining right now is the difference between permission and not permission is whether or not the owner of the field accepts shmira accepts the responsibility to watch the animal. If he does accept responsibility to watch, then it doesn't make a difference if the animal slips on the wheat and gets hurt or if the animal overeats and gets hurt. It doesn't matter. The same way any shimer, any person who's responsible to watch, if something goes awry, uh, awry, thank you, um, he's responsible no matter how it happened. So too, when I give you permission to come onto my field, I'm accepting... Uh, full full responsibility. Okay, two dots. Ibaylu asked the new question, searching for information. Let's uh, in a case where the owner of the field accepted upon himself responsibility to watch whatever's in his land. Mahu, what is the halacha? The nafshehu de kabbalalei, idoma afil netirusa da alma kabbalalei. Okay. Interesting question, and that's like this. When I give you permission to come to my field, am I accepting Shmira? We said you're accepting Shmira. Ask the Gemara to what extent? Am I accepting to watch it that I won't damage it and my property won't damage it? Or is it general Shmira, like I'm the new daddy here. I'm going to make sure your animal's okay, even from somebody else's stuff. I'm going to watch, make sure that that nothing happens, even not from me. Right? It's an interesting, very interesting question. Now that we accept there's Shmira, what if an axe from the street comes and hurts yeah. your axe? Am I responsible? Right. Okay? So Toshma, come and listen. Let's try to answer the question. The Tani Rabbi Huda Bar Simain taught us. Benizakin, when it comes to damages, Benizakin de Bekarna, I'm sorry. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Simain taught Nezikin in the yeshiva of Karna, and he taught it the following halacha. He said, um, 
hichnis peraisov le chotzer balabayis shalai b'shos. Somebody brings his fruits into the domain of the balabayis or somebody else's domain without permission. Ubashar mimakom acher, and an axe comes from left field and eats it. Va'achlan talacha is pater. You're not responsible. Okay, so again, you bring. I give you permission to bring your fruit, and somebody else's ox eats your fruit. Came from left field, wasn't my stuff. Says the Brisa, Potter, I'm not responsible. It seems because I never accepted responsibility to, on any damage by giving you permission to be there. I accept the responsibility. Me and my property won't damage you. Somebody else, will. I can't control that. <clears throat> somebody else brings their ox into your field. Correct. And that ox hurts my ox. No, no, and, and their ox gets hurt. Their, let's say they bring produce into my field. Uh, so if it's shalai bershus, a third party, we're talking about a third party. Yeah, okay. a third party comes and damages it, so it's putter. I'm putter. There's no permission in that first case. But what happens if there is permission? What did I give permission to the third party? I give permission. Well, let's see. Good. Let's hold on. Again, Toshma. Let's go back to Toshma. Let's get clarity. The Tanya of Yudavar Simayim ben Nizakin to Bekarni. Yudavar Simayim taught Nizakin and the Yeshiva of Karni. He taught his fellows. Hichnis pay rights of somebody brings his fruit lechatzer balabayis to somebody else's field shalay bershos without permission. Ubas sharmi makam acher v'natolan. A third party axe comes and eats the fruit. So putter. Yeah, the owner of the field for sure does not need to pay. You have no right to be there, and it's not my property that damaged. What if you had permission to bring fruit into my property? Chayov. There's a responsibility on the fruit. Ask the Brisa, man pateru man chayev. Who's not responsible and who is responsible? Lav, pater balachaz, doesn't mean that the owner of the courtyard is pater. The chayev balachatzer and the owner of the courtyard is responsible when permission is there, which means... If this is the true explanation, this is what the Bryce is stating. You bring fruit into my domain without permission. Your ox eats it in my domain. I don't need to pay. Okay, his ox eats without permission also. Also, right. Sam Potter, no reason to be responsible. But if I gave you permission to bring your fruit Fruit. into my domain, and his ox comes from left field... And eats it, the Gemara wants to assume when it says Chayav, it means me. I'm responsible even though it was somebody else's property that did damage. Which means as soon as I allow you to come into my domain, not only am I accepting Shmira that I won't hurt you, I'm accepting Shmira no that outside force. no outside force is going to hurt you. Says the Gemara, no. That's not what it means. Amri, they said, Loi, Patr Balashar, V'chayav Balashar. It's referring to Steve. It's referring to you. It's referring to your ox, which means that if you brought your fruit to my domain without permission and your ox comes from left field and damages it, you don't need to pay. Why? Why? Because you could say to Yale, you could say to him, listen, you're, you had no right for your fruit to be there in the first place either. Which needs to be understood. I mean, you didn't have a right to be there, right? But put that aside for a moment. If Yale had right to put the fruit there, and your ox comes from left field, Who who's coming from the outside? You. So you would be chayev to pay for his fruit. 
Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Ve'i balashor, if we're dealing with the owner of the ox and what he's responsible for, my bersus, my shalai bersus, ika. What does it mean with permission, without permission? If we're discussing your ox, what's the difference to you? What's it, what's it your cheshman? To your calculation, whether he had permission to be there or not. Not. Yeah. Ask the Gemara, who cares who had permission? You should, you should have to pay just because, uh, because of him? What, 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 what permission did you give? Wait, I didn't give or receive any. Right. And neither for you. The Gemara is asking very simple. It seems that the location of the fruit matters. Ask the Gemara, but if the whole question over here is your ox and your fruit, what does that have to do with whether or not anybody had permission? I, I own this field, and this field had nothing to do with what just happened. Zilch. No, it's not my fruit, not my ox. Why should you be responsible? The question is, what is the difference whether or not I gave somebody permission to be there? Because once you did, yeah, you permission. No, sure. There's, what do you mean? Uh, good, good. Of course. Why, of course, does it matter? Well, because he, he wouldn't be there otherwise. Who wouldn't be there? You and your fruit. Good. Says the Gemara to explain. Amri, they explained. Birshus, if your fruit had permission to be there, and then Steve's ox comes along, then guess what? My domain is your domain now, because you have permission. So Havale Birshus, Shane Birshus Hanizik, it now becomes eating the damage of Shane in a private domain, which you have to pay for. Shane Birshus Hanizik Hayavis. But let's say you had no permission to put it there, so now the damage is not considered like it happened in your right. in your domain. Right. So Shane So Shane in Shusarabim is going to be Potter. Bottom line, we started out with a question. The question was The question was, does the landlord, the owner of the field, accept responsibility for him not to damage or everybody not to damage? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what I'm accepting. Because this whole b'risa is simply a case of shame b'rshus hanizik or shame b'rshus harabim. It doesn't tell me anything about what sort of, what level shmira, what level of protection I promised. All that matters over here is if you had permission to be there, it's like your property. It's like the victim's property. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's not the sugya of my, my shmira. Hence, we, we still don't know. And tomorrow, we'll keep going through, uh, we're going to go through uh, other possibilities of answers to explain, uh, to explain whether or not the Shmira that I'm taking is only on myself or it's even for, other, uh, for somebody else.